Good evening, Purple family. Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Shades of Purple, a Prince podcast. My name is Ronica Crutchfield, and I will be your host. So this episode is going to be more of an introduction to the podcast since it is the very first episode. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about why I wanted to do a Prince podcast. I'm going to introduce myself, my background, and um, how I became a Prince fan, uh, when it began, how it began, and my short-term and long-term goals for the podcast. So to start off, once again, my name is Ronica Crutchfield. I uh, stay in the state of Arkansas. I've been here about 90% of my life. Um, I say 90% because uh, my family moved to Texas briefly when I was in elementary school and we stayed there uh, for um, in Southeast Texas, a town called Victoria, Texas. Um, a lot of you wrestling fans might know that uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is from Victoria, Texas. So we stayed in his hometown uh, from about 1992 to about 1998. In 1998, we returned home to Arkansas after my father, um, we moved down there initially because my father um, had a job, well, the job that he was at transferred him down there, and then um, they transferred him back home in, in the summer of 1998, so we came home. Um, but enough about myself, let me get into why I wanted to do a Prince podcast. Well, just to keep it simple, I, because I love Prince, I know there's a lot of people on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube uh, and probably even on Anchor that are doing um, podcasts about Prince. Um, But I, so I don't really know just how yet I'm going to go about kind of making myself stand out. So just, you know, and I'm still kind of new to the whole podcast thing, even though I do have another podcast that I do with my husband called A Deeper Truth. Uh, that we started a few months back, and it's been wonderful. I've really loved the the experience of you know just talking about different topics. On there, we talk about uh, entertainment, um, news, and history, and things like that. Uh, so it's just that has also been a wonderful experience. But I wanted to branch out and kind of do something that was close to my heart. And Prince is uh, something that is very close to my heart because uh, he is my absolute favorite artist of all time. And um, I just wanted to also reach out and connect with other Prince fans and family, as we call ourselves fams, not fans, because we all know that Prince didn't like the word fan. (laughs) Um, But I just wanted to reach out to other Purple family and just, you know, get their feedback on, you know, just all things Prince, basically. But my introduction to Prince, I'll just briefly talk about that. Um, I was born in 1983, so I was a little young for the whole Purple Rain era. I was about one years old when Purple Rain came out, so I was too young to remember that. But uh, in 1989, when the Batman soundtrack came out in the Batman movie, I have a very fond memory of, y- y'all know the um, the Bat Dance, of course. Um, well, the part in the song where he's talking about Vicki Vale, you know, a.k.a. Uh, Ken Basinger, where he's saying, uh, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. I want to bust that body. I know y'all remember that part. <laughs> well, I distinctly remember um, when I was in kindergarten, we actually, <laughs> we were outside on the playground, y'all, singing that part of the song. I think, I'm assuming we sung the whole song, but I just distinctly remember that part of the song. And I didn't even know who Prince was. I didn't even know who the song was about. 
I was just like, I was just basically copying what I saw other kids doing. You know, we would get out on the playground and just be, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, I want to bust that body, ooh, yeah. Like, it was just like, it was just like the jam. And so I was like, yeah, that's a pretty cool song. Now, fast forward, you know, I guess two years later, when Diamonds and Pearls came out, I remember another instance at the same elementary school where we, um, had a school play. And I want to say, I believe it was a black history, uh, play. And at first I was like, cause I know diamonds and pearls came out in October of 1991, I believe. So, but for some reason I was like, okay, so it had to be February of 1992 when we did this play because of that, of course, February is black history month. Cause I also distinctly remember them playing diamonds and pearls at the end of the play. And I, re- I don't remember who I played, probably Harriet Tubman or Sojourner Truth, somebody. And anyway, so all of us kids came out at the end, we took a bow and then they just started playing Diamonds and Pearls. And I was just like, wow, this is a, this is a really, really good song. I was, it was beautiful. I was just like, this is a really, really nice song. And I remember they were just blaring it out on the speakers. And I remember all the teachers and all the adults in the room were just kind of singing along diamonds and pearls. No, I know I can't sing. Okay. (laughs) But diamonds and pearls is, uh, definitely one of my favorite Prince songs. And that's probably, uh, the reason why, because I have such a fond memory of first hearing that song. And then, um, a little bit later in the year, uh, when cream came out and I remember hearing cream on the radio and I was like, I think I probably, I'm, I'm thinking I was in the car with my father because my my dad was actually a Prince fan. And um, he was like, yeah, that's Prince. And I was like, oh, wow, is that the guy? And I remember asking my dad, is that the guy who sings Diamonds and Pearls? And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's the same guy. And I was like, oh, wow, I love his voice. And so after that, I was just like, you know, really, really interested And so I started to follow his career uh, from that point on. Now, I did kind of fall off, you know, when I became a teenager, I really got into Tupac, which I still love Tupac to this day. You know, I really started to get into more hip hop and rap in the uh, late 90s. Uh, But I caught up with him again uh, in the early 2000s, around the time where he uh, so-called made his so-called comeback, which we all know he really never left. But you know, around the time that uh, Prince was doing musicology, that's all they were saying in the press was, oh, Prince is back. Prince is back. He's made this big comeback, which he never left. But, you know, anyway, so um, I caught up with him again during musicology. I saw a lot of uh, concert footage. And uh, of course, he did the Grammys with uh, Beyonce. I did miss out on uh, the uh, Hall of Fame where he did, you know, the notorious uh, guitar solo that blew everybody away during my, my, when my guitar gently reaps with Tom Petty and the, uh, what is the name of that group? I want to say wild thornberries, but I don't think that's right. (laughs) That's a cartoon that used to be on, um, uh, Nickelodeon, but I think it's like wild. I don't know, but it's like Jeff Lynn and some more people, but anyway, so he like totally, oh, and, uh, I think his name is Danny Harrison. He's George Harrison's son. I do know that. I think I'm not getting that first name right. But anyway, so I missed that whole thing. Um, hate that I missed it. But, you know, now, of course, we can always, you know, I can always, you know, go back and watch it and just be in awe at, you know, his musicianship and the fact that Prince was such 
in my mind and in a lot of people's mind, I suspect, such an underrated guitarist. And I know that that buzzword around Prince kind of bothers some people, um, even in the guitar, you know, uh, in the in the guitar business or industry. Uh, a lot of people are claiming now, oh, we always knew that Prince was a was a, a bomb guitarist. We knew that he was really. But did you if you if you knew that, then why wasn't he on any of the guitarist list, you know? At the time, there was a, a list of the 100 greatest guitars or something that Rolling Stone did, and Prince wasn't on it. And so they were assuming, a lot of people were assuming that Prince did the solo the way he did was because he knew that he wasn't on that list. And I don't really know how true that is. Um, I don't know. That just doesn't seem like something that Prince would be that concerned about. But then again, maybe he was at the time. I'm not sure. But I do know that in 2015, when Rolling Stone redid the list, they did put him at 33, which is extremely, extremely low because we all know Prince is a top, I would say in my mind, a top five guitarist of all time. You know, well, really, in my mind, he's number one. I mean, and I even put him over Jimi Hendrix, which I know a lot of people um, don't like because Jimi is always number one. But the thing about Jimmy is, while he was a very good blues guitarist and he, you know, did, you know, he, you know, revolutionized certain techniques with the guitar, Prince was more versatile because while uh, Jimmy could do blues and, you know, and like I said, all these different techniques, but Prince was good at rhythm. He was good at lead. He could do jazz. He could do, um, uh, what else? Blues, pop. Uh, I mean, just all these funk, he could do funk guitar, like he could do all these different genres. And then uh, and his acoustic guitar playing was wonderful. So he had more versatility. And there's an argument that says, well, had Jimmy lived longer, you know, we might have been able to see some of his, you know, versatility. And that's fair. But, you know, unfortunately, he did it. And I know that, you know, people always want to put, you know, Jimmy and Prince together and Prince's opinion on that was he admired uh, um, Jimmy, but he kind of thought that his playing was more reminiscent of Santana. And as much as he respected Jimmy and he didn't want to be, you know, put in the same category necessarily with Jimmy because he said that he felt the only reason why people did that was because they were both black men. And that's probably true because there wasn't a lot at that time. Eddie Hazel and um, a few other black guitarists. Uh, you could even say Chuck Berry. There weren't that many, though. Um, you know, B.B. King. You know, so there were, you know, some, but not as good as, you know, Jimmy. You know, they they you know they still tout Jimmy to this day as being the best guitarist of all time. But in my mind, it's Prince and always will be Prince. But anyway, I've got off on a tangent. <laughs> Let me go back to, okay, so... Uh, after 2004, um, I didn't see much of Prince again until around 2006 when 3121 came out. And I remember watching the Black Sweat video and I was like, wow, Prince looks really sexy. Looks really good. I always thought he was attractive. Um, but I remember that black and white video of Black Sweat and just thinking, wow, you know, he really looks good. And so um, that became one of my favorite videos to watch. I remember they would have it on. Uh, 106, 106 in Park on BET when it premiered. I remember watching it when it premiered. And I was just thinking, wow, Prince is back. Look at that, you know. 
And then after that, and of course the next year in 2007 in February, he performed at the Super Bowl. And I uh, I was in college at the time and I didn't get a chance to see him perform, but I do remember a lot of my uh, fellow classmates at UCA where I was attending school at, and I went on to get uh, my bachelor's degree in history there. A lot of my classmates were talking about the performance and they were just like, wow, did y'all see Prince's performance at the Super Bowl? I mean, they talked about it for, I know, a good two weeks or so after. And to this day, it's still considered to be the best halftime show of all time. And rightfully so, rightfully he was live. He did all of his work was live. It was raining. He did purple rain in the rain, y'all. I mean, you've got to be number one with God doing your your special effects, okay? It gets no better than that. I mean, and I could just, that's another video on YouTube that I go to all the time that I just, just watch over and over and over. Just, just watch the genius work. I, I'm just, you know, still blown away. Another wonderful performance. Um but moving on, after that, about 2009, I remember catching um, some of his um, interviews on Tavis Malik, which, were, which are now also on YouTube as well. And I really wasn't listening to much of his music by then, but I did know that, you know, he was around and, you know, doing concerts and whatnot. And all the way up until about 2014, you know, I was like listening. I did end up listening to uh, some stuff from Lotus Falcon. Uh, Lotus Flower, and um, a little bit of, I remember to Welcome to America, that tour, I remember hearing about it. Uh, I have never, unfortunately, seen Prince in concert. I wish that I did, and I could just kick myself over and over for never uh, um, going to see him. But honestly, he didn't come to Arkansas that much, so um, there were a few times. He did come in uh, way back in 1982, I believe, to Palm Bluff when he was doing, I think, the... 1999 tour maybe um and then so that was before i was born but then he came again i think in the 90s when he was doing the jam of the year tour and um and then i don't know if he came in 04 doing the musicology but but anyway he i would have to probably go to memphis or dallas anyway you know to go see him which i would have done if i didn't you know have all these other things going on in my life but uh, so going to uh, 2014, I remember um, hearing about him being on television, which was the New Girl episode. And I didn't ever watch uh, shows like that, so I didn't catch it. But I do remember seeing like stills from it and them talking about it on the different, you know, morning shows and thinking, oh, you know, that's great. So so fast forward, of course, you know, two years later. Uh, right before he died, I remember um, that April, you know, before the 21st, when he had the uh, emergency landing, I just remember thinking, oh my God, you know, is he going to be okay? You know, I, I was just, you know, I remember being at work and um, seeing that a headline about him, you know, about the uh, plane having to do do the landing. And I I was just like, oh, oh my God, I, I just prayed. I just prayed. I was just like, oh my God, I hope he's going to be okay. And so the next day they uh, had another headline saying, oh, you know, he's, he's back at home resting. I was like, oh, okay. Thank God he's okay. Uh, and so imagine my shock, you know, just like four or five days later, they said he died. So I remember exactly where I was. 
I was sitting, I was working at a, I, I, used to, I was working at a public library at the time. Oh, by the way, I'm a librarian. That is my uh, profession. Uh, so I was working at a public library. I currently work at an academic library now, but uh, I was working at a public library then. And so I'm sitting at the circulation desk, you know, just on the computer, you know, uh, just, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, Prince dead at 57. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened? They just said he was sick. They just said he had pneumonia or the flu or what? How, how is he dead? Like I was just beside myself. I just could not believe this. So the first thing I did after I saw the headline, at first I didn't want to believe it, even though it was TMZ, you know, people now was like, well, TMZ don't say it. It's not true. So, but it was a TMZ uh, headline. And so I was just like, oh my God. So I, I looked over at my uh, co-worker who was the, on, the, on the other end of the circulation desk. And I was just like, oh my God, Prince just died. And she looked at me like, are you serious? And we both were just like, oh my God. And I just sat there in shock, just in total shock. And so the only thing I could think to do was, so I called my, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. I called him. He was at the grocery store. And I told him, I was like, babe, Prince just died. And he said, oh, my God, really? You know, he was just as shocked as I was. And I was like, yes. And I just sat there and just cried. Like, I, and he asked me, was I okay? And at the time, I told him that I was, but I really wasn't. I, I really wasn't. I was just, I started shaking. I was just like, I had to just leave up off of the circulation desk and just kind of just, you know, go outside, get me a, a you know, breath of fresh air, try to, you know, collect myself. And when and I'm glad that um, doing this podcast, I'm connecting with people who understand that, uh, at least I'm hoping, <laughs> because when you tell people, you know, outside of the Prince community, oh, you know, when Prince died, you know, I felt like I lost a member of my family. They're like, why? You didn't know him. Like, why, why are you feeling emotions for people? You don't have to know someone to be sad about them passing. And for a lot of us in the Prince uh, community, we really felt like Prince was like our friend. You know, we really did. He treated us like we were family, you know. And so we really did feel like a member of our family passed away when he died. And, you know, it, I mean, it's just it's really just hard to put into words, you know, how hurt I was. And um, so I like I said, I know that I'm preaching to the choir here. I know, I know that. Whoever is going to um, listen to this podcast, um, you're doing it because you like Prince or love Prince. So I don't even have to explain, uh, you know, my sorrow and pain about uh, us losing uh, us losing our guy because I know you guys understand. But so uh, let me move on to some short term and long term goals that I want to accomplish for this podcast. So one of my short term goals and basically my only short term goal really is to try to, uh, you know, gain a following for the podcast so that I can connect with other members of the Purple family. Um, I do follow several pages, uh, Prince fan pages on Facebook, uh, all things Prince Collective, the one and only uh, Prince fans, uh, one that's just called Prince another one called My Name is Prince, and a few others. Uh, but just, just those are just some to name a few. And, um, and I've really 
liked a lot of uh, the connection that I've made with a lot of these people uh, that, you know, we all love Prince. There are some things, of course, that we disagree on. But at the end of the day, we all love and respect Prince and his music and his life. And we want to do our part in maintaining his legacy. And that is uh, overall what I want to do. So that is both a short term and a long term goal is that I want to continue to be a part of Prince's legacy. And I also want to uh, eventually turn this into a, a YouTube channel. But I want to try to do the podcast first. So I can get a following and when, once I'm able to get a following and uh, also save up enough money because I really want my equipment and my setup to be very professional when I start my YouTube page. So um, so I'm going to be working on that. So I want to do the podcast in the interim and just so I can be used to talking and, and doing this because this is a little bit harder than what I thought. And um, as much as I enjoy talking, I'm, I'm still getting used to it. So I'm sorry, you know, if I'm stammering and, you know, getting tongue tied at times, I do apologize for that. I'm still getting used to doing this thing. So any suggestions for that would be wonderful. And also I take any suggestions, period, about uh, things we're going to be talking about on the topics that you would like, Prince related topics, of course, that you would like for me to discuss on the page. I already have a synopsis of the first 10 episodes. So to just give you a little bit of a preview before I in uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of go through his albums and I'm going to be talking about. So the so the first well, the second episode after this introduction, I'm going to be talking about. Uh, the 27 instruments that Prince played on his debut album for you. And did he actually play 27 instruments or did, or actually was it another number? So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you some facts about for you that you may not have known. And what else we're going to do? Um, so yeah, that's it. And we'll also, of course, talk about Prince's early life. So we'll do like an introduction to Prince uh, with this, with the second, uh, episode. So please stay tuned to that. I'm going to be talking about Prince's early life. And, um, after he got his, uh, first record deal with, uh, Warner brothers in 1977. So we're going to discuss all of the early stuff. And then later on, um, episode three and four, I'm going to talk about Prince's identity. You know, uh, a lot of people thought, you know, especially in his early career that Prince was gay. Uh, of course we know he's not, but, there was a lot of people that believed that he was gay or bisexual. We're going to talk about that in episode three. On episode four, we're going to talk about Prince's race. Uh, a lot of people believe that, you know, Prince was mixed. And a lot of that, uh, instead of just being black, and a lot of that was Prince's doing because, of course, he did have a white mother uh, well, in a Purple Rain, the movie. And so that made people think that, you know, he was, in fact, mixed. Um, while it is true that Prince's mother was... Uh, more than likely Creole and may have had some white and uh, other European descent. She was basically black. <laughs> so let that be known. But we will talk about that in episode four. Uh, episode five, we're going to talk about uh, Prince the Hitmaker. Now, um, y'all are probably all know this, of course, but, you know, for you didn't do so well uh, in, as far as record sales go. So by the time he started working on his second album, he was all about wanting to make hits, hit songs, which he did do. 
And uh, we're also going to talk about not only the hit songs that he made on uh, the album Prince, but also his number ones. Prince had five number ones, five number one songs that debuted at number one. So I'm going to try to see if you know those five songs that debuted at number one. So we're going to talk about that in episode five. Episode six, we're going to talk about Prince's Dirty Mind. Now, of course, he had an album that uh, with that title that came out in 1980 that we'll be discussing, as well as Prince's view at this time about sex and sexuality. So now, of course, um, over the course of his career, his attitude towards sex did change. So but we're only going to be focusing right now on uh, the early 1980s and, of course, him and how he would dress and how he would look and the album Dirty Mind and the different um, things about sex and sexuality that he discussed in that album. So number seven, Controversy, which was his fourth album that came out in 1981. We're going to be discussing that album in episode seven, as well as his political views, because this was the first album uh, where he really got political. So we're going to talk about some of those political songs that he did in Controversy as well as some of the uh, side groups that he was working with at this time, The Time and Vanity Six, and also somebody named Jamie Starr. So we're going to talk about that episode seven. Episode eight, we're going to talk about Prince's love life during the 1980s. Now, I'm going to talk about his known love life, okay? Now, every, there's a lot of speculation about, you know, who he was dating at the time and Prince was known to date, definitely date more than one woman. So there's a, there's going to be a lot of overlap and a lot of the ladies that I talk about in that particular episode, (laughs) but, uh, we're going to just try to see like, you know, Prince was definitely a playboy. So we'll be discussing that in episode eight, uh, episode nine, we are going to talk about, uh, the 1999 album, which was his fifth album which is considered by most critics to be his breakthrough album. And I've titled that Worlds in Prince Style. So that is episode nine. And finally, episode 10, I've got a surprise for you guys. I hope to try to uh, get an interview with um, a Prince fan who I know for sure knows a lot about Prince. Uh, So I haven't contacted them yet. So um, just in case it doesn't happen, I, I'll come up with something else, but that is my plan is to try to interview this person and, uh, me and, uh, me and, and, and the two of us, oh my God, the two of us have some dialogue about Prince, you know, some of their favorites and my favorites and, you know, just have a conversation about all things Prince. So that will be, um, episode 10. And so that will be, uh, episode, once we get to episode 10, that'll be the, um, end of the first season. And then going on to the second season, uh, we will, uh, start off talking about Purple Rain and that will probably, uh, be a couple of episodes because Purple Rain was an error, of course, in and of itself. So, uh, we'll talk about Purple Rain for several episodes once we get there. So let me stop rambling on you guys. Thank you guys. If y'all, if y'all are still listening at this point, thank you so much. And I appreciate your support. I'm going to uh, link this uh, to some of the Prince pages. So I hope that some of my Purple family will listen and give me some feedback. And I love you guys and may you live to see the dawn. Bye.